0: Hey podcast listener. If this is your first time here. Welcome to the Eat Half Walk Double Podcast, coming to you from the Ascend Endurance Coaching Studios here in beautiful Stratford, New Hampshire, US of A. I'm your host, Chris Dunn. If you've listened to the show before, well, welcome back. So this show chronicles my four decades in endurance sports as a coach, race director, and athlete told through the stories of the important, influential, and interesting people I've met along the way, while I catch up with friends, colleagues, rivals, clients, and the occasional family member. It's my hope you'll learn a little something about health, fitness, and the secrets to living well along the way. Lisa Ransom Martin is my guest this week. As far as positive, uplifting forces of nature goes, she ranks right up there for me. I have always enjoyed sharing time with her. She also happens to have an extraordinary story of overcoming not one, but two significant orthopedic surgeries in a little over a year's time. And what's most fascinating about these surgeries is that she actually feels like they changed the trajectory of her life in a positive way. And her perspective on athletics as a driving force in her life for growth and change is an important message for all of us to hear. Well here she is, Lisa Ransom Martin. Lisa, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Chris. So happy to be here. Thank you.
0: You know, one thing that I'm finding that I'm I'm saying a lot when I'm doing these shows is, is the following statement that I had intended to say to you anyway, which is, it's been a long time.
1: Hmm. Yes, indeed, my friend. It's been a long time with a lot in between here and there. Um,
0: which, you know, really, uh, as I I think I alluded to, uh, at one point or another that, um, in, in part of our conversation that, um, you know, this, this podcast really is a, it's kind of a selfish pursuit for me in so much as, uh, it's giving me an opportunity to sit down and, and reconnect with some, you know, some important people, uh, in, in my life that for one reason or another, and it's, you know, how things go just sort of Mm -hmm. kind of life gets busy and, and pulls people in different directions. And, and uh, I mean, I often, I often, I often wonder if, um, you know, if, if relationships tend to dull a little bit over time, just because of lack of communication. I mean, that's always my, that's, that's always my active concern. And then, and then you know I reach out to someone like you and say, "Hey, Lisa, what do you think about being on my show?" And I immediately get this this incredibly positive response. And I'm like, you know what? Things really haven't changed between no. us, even though uh, <laughs> even though it's it's been a while since since we connected. And so yeah. that's really that's kind of been an, an it's kind of really been an interesting and amazing thing. Huh. I, I mean, have you have you had that experience with? I mean, I'm sure you've met hundreds and hundreds of people in your in your time in, in athletics. do you, Have you found that to be true too, that over time you kind of lose connection with certain groups of people?
1: Yes, but I do feel like there's something about athletics and just working hard and training hard and playing hard with others that makes a bond that you don't really get. Um, maybe you get it in other arenas as well, but for me, um, those people, the intensity and the joy that you share with those people is timeless. Right. And, and, you know, and and also this is a terrible selfish plug for social media too. I feel like social media has allowed us to, I can still see your kids growing, even though COVID is COVID and whatever, you know, and, and, um, you see families growing and you see people competing athletically and just other things in their life. So, um, yeah, I feel like it, it certainly has helped connect us Mm -hmm. still.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think social media is a sort of a, a passive way that we remain connected with each other. Um, uh, I, Still nice to be able to get face to face with uh, with, with, yes. <laughs> with folks every now and again, and and, uh, and and give them a hug and let them know, you mm-hmm. know, how, how important they still are to you, even if even if even if a significant amount of time has passed, and that that certainly has been the case uh, for you and I. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll get back to that in in just a moment. What I okay. what I wanted to say uh, for the listener, uh, just to give the listener some context, that. Um, you know, when I when I thought about having you on the show, um, really two things came to mind, sort of two compelling reasons to uh, to invite you uh, on the show. First is that um, you you have this incredibly positive, uplifting spirit to you. Uh, I always I, I have always felt after walking away from an interaction with you that I'm um, that I'm a I'm a better person. I'm a I'm a more joyous person person, I'm, I'm more fulfilled. You've, you've got this way of, 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 Um, of imparting positive energy and vibe on people. So that, so again, that's a very much a selfish thing. Maybe I I need this right now. (laughs) So that that's one reason that I wanted to have you on the show. And I think that's going to come across uh, through, through this conversation. I think, I think uh, certainly folks that know you know that to be true and, and and anyone that's kind of meeting you for the first time is also, I believe it's going to find that that's true. The other reason that um, that I wanted to have you on the show is I, I think you have a really unique perspective um, on athletics uh, as, as a really as a powerful driving force uh, for for both, you know, life growth and change. Um, and this sort of overarching theme of gratitude mm-hmm. that has been sort of woven through your personal and athletic life uh, over these last couple of decades um i think i think is an important message too i uh, i'm i'm very much a preacher of gratitude i think it's i think it's incredibly important um and your story um your story exudes that so so anyway so the listener understands that those are the those are the two driving or compelling reasons i think um that i wanted to have you on the show um so l- let's 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 start with this and this starting point is really going to sort of um, bisect in a way your athletic pursuit. Um, but for me, it ends up being um, a relevant way to open the conversation. And that is um, how you and I came to know each other. Mm.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh. um,
0: <laughs> and, and, you know, as, 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 as many things go, when you and I had the opportunity to meet um, each other for the first time, probably late 2010s, like 2010, 2011 yeah yep. ish
1: yep. before um, that maybe, but definitely spot on. Yeah,
0: 2000, late 2000,
1: uh-huh.
0: the late early 2000s. Um, th- the reality is that that um, <laughs> at that point you had a really, I mean, you had a really interesting and deep um, uh, uh, athletic resume at that point, even though I had just met you for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about, uh, how you and I, uh, the context in which you and I first, uh, uh had the opportunity to meet each other. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about sort of your athletic life before you and I had a chance to meet. And then, and then let's talk a little bit about how things have changed, uh, since, uh, since that first meeting for you athletically sure. um uh uh since uh, since since the since the the early uh 2000s so um so if you will yeah. um uh tell the listener what what sure. you remember about uh about oh, our first uh, uh our first, yes meeting or how did that come about
1: yeah, what a wonderful way to say that kind of bisect it like what a perfect uh way to bisect the whole thing. Right. So yes, I think oh, I can't even remember how it started, but I think it was, um, uh, beaver Brook. Someone said that there was snowshoe racing, that you could put snowshoes on your feet and run through the woods. And there was some competitive, um, racing that was going on all over new hampshire so a bunch of crazy triathletes we were triathletes i was a tr- primarily very much a, just a triathlete at the time long distance triathlete and um doing iron man stuff and um and so we all got in our car and drove to nashua to do this uh crazy snowshoe race and it's funny, because the iconic photo of that race is what Bob Dion uses as his backdrop. And I think it was that race, you know, that first race, which is just so amazing to me. And, um, and um, I think it was Amber Ferrera who said, Lisa, you'll love it. It's like a track workout in the winter. <laughs> so, and man, show up and uh, Chris Dunn is there with all his smiles. And, snowshoes that we could use and a big pot of chili and um, very much not Ironman, where I think I remember you using your heel to draw a line in the snow and uh, said, ready, set, go. And we all went and um, it was transformative for me in my life. And I just, the minute I started, I loved snowshoe racing and I think primarily it was because of Uh, talk about the positive energy that you brought to it and the excitement for the sport. And um, it was a different kind of athlete that did snowshoe racing. So that was a huge introduction to me as kind of a new athlete, not really very experienced in all sorts of uh, venues of athletics that I just fell in love with um, everything about snowshoe racing from driving there to racing to eating to to the to the fellowship and the friendship and i think that you were such a leader in that that um um yeah i've appreciated that since and it was definitely a, is and has well was a huge part of um my passion and love for for athletics but, boy, hard to imagine that it just kind of isn't um, a, as consistent a thing. We used to do it every weekend. We'd go everywhere and run everywhere, right?
0: It was, yeah, in, late, in the late 2000, um, uh, 2000 single numbers, you know, 2006, 7, 8, mm. 9, 10, 11, probably through 2012, 13, mm-hmm. 14-ish, Um Yeah, snowshoe racing here in New England sort of hit its hit its zenith. Um, We had great winters, and um, uh, with great winters and great snow cover came great opportunities to uh, to put on to put on snowshoe races. Um, Yeah, and and uh, so so (laughs) so a follow up to that. uh, You're right. That was uh, that was Beaver Brook. um, uh, Beaver Brook. Beaver Brook yeah, Snowshoe a... Race—that uh, was a Michael Amarello production, yes. right? Three yes. C race production. Michael Amarello. Michael was uh, Michael was one of the early adopters uh, as a race director in the sport of snowshoe racing. Michael held a couple of races, uh, Beaver mm-hmm. Brook. He he held a Horse Hill, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Feel
0: Good Farm snowshoe race. I was, you know, before yes. the show, I was looking back. At some photos that uh, Janina Lindsay had taken um, during that time period. Because I was trying to remember exactly, I mean, I, I have this very vivid image of of you and Reggie and Dolly and Sean
1: yeah, uh, yeah and
0: Jeremy I think oh, uh, these yes. are I'm, I'm using first names but, sure. but folks folks that know folks that know you uh, know who I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, and I've got this very vivid image of all of you wearing your uh, S2 your oh, Sean's uh co- uh sean at the time had a had a coaching business a yep. triathlon focused yeah
1: focus yeah mean, absolutely sean
0: is yeah. a sean is a, is a is an iconic uh uh, figure in the sport of of triathlon, but Sean was also doing uh, snowshoe racing at that yep. time. So not only was he sort of the leader of a of a triathlon team, but he was also kind of the leader of the of the snowshoe racing uh, yes. vibe, at least in his in his group of folks. So I again True. have have a very very vivid image uh, of all of you and your S two gear, yeah, um, which was impressive <laughs> in and of itself, right? Because you know here here snowshoe racing is as a, as a fairly new sport in New Hampshire. And there's already like established teams or maybe they weren't like True. formally established, but people right. were showing up in their team gear, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and also sort of to your, to your point about, about fellowship and community. Um, it, it wasn't just you, you know, showing up to these races by yourself, you were showing up with a group of your friends. And so mm-hmm. it really was a shared experience and, mm-hmm. and, and, and as I'm sure you, you you remember, all it took was just a couple of races, and next thing you know, you're seeing the same people, um, and uh, and they become your winter community. Yes, uh, you probably weren't seeing a lot of those people outside of the winter because no. they were off doing maybe trail racing or mountain right. racing or right. road racing, and you were and you were getting back into into triathlon in the warmer mm-hmm. weather, but in the winter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this that was certainly.
1: Was that was her gig. And I remember people like Marcy, you know, like just running side by side with Marcy. And she was my bud, and we were super tight. And I remember someone saying, Do you know who she is? I'm like, It's Marcy. And they're like, You should Google her. You know, and those are the people too, right? They were there. You're like, What is that?
0: It's so a very, it's, a, it's a very good point. It's fun to look back. <laughs> um, at those, uh, at those, those, those pictures from the early days of snowshoe yeah. racing and, uh, and look at all the characters that, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that you remember the people that you remember, I say yeah. characters in a very loving way, but, but, yeah. but the people that, that you remember, well, that, um, Those images in my mind are, um, Mm. are like 2011 or so. And then again, as I was doing a little bit of, uh, of show prep, um, 2012, uh, you started racing in an acidotic racing singlet, right? So we, we, (laughs) we kind of recruited, we kind of recruited you, uh, and your tribe, uh, into our larger tribe at the time, uh, acidotic racing had a very robust, uh, racing team. We would. You know, we would routinely show up to snowshoe races with 20, 30, 30 yeah. people, yeah. um, uh, just as the majority of people, uh, uh were, were wearing Dion snowshoes on their feet. The yep. majority of people at these races were also uh. wearing acidotic racing singlet. So that was kind of cool too. It's amazing. Um, and, uh, and so it, again, it probably was, it probably was Sean or, or Marcy that, that made, uh, our initial introduction, um, and, uh, uh, and then of course, you know, I had, I had the opportunity to meet all of the friends, all of your friends, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that I just described as well. Um, well that, yeah, that, so that was our, um, uh, that was our initial meeting. Um, yes.
1: Uh, and can I share, can I share 2010? with you, I think yeah. of this all the time that we were friendly enough that you could share this with me. And I was a big triathlete, you know, swim, bike, run. Iron Man, And you would just look at me and you would be like, someday, Lisa, you're going to evolve to the dirt. <laughs> I think of that five times a year to this day, evolve to the dirt, Lisa.
0: <laughs> well, well, it's funny because you're, you know, that, that evolution was actually at, at in that moment, the evolution was already, had already started because you were mm-hmm. running on you were running on frozen dirt. You knew, you knew that. I mean, it, it was snow and it looked like snow and it was snow, but truth is there was dirt underneath that snow somewhere. And, uh, so that was probably the start of it. Well, so, but as I, as I, as I sort of alluded to earlier that, uh, our, our initial introduction was, was certainly not your uh, beginning mm. in athletics. I want you to go back uh, if you will, to, um, sort of what let, I mean, what led up to that point, tell the, tell the backstory, um, of, uh, uh, of tell your backstory to take us to that 2011 timeframe. And then we'll use that as a, as sort of a delineation. And then let's, let's talk about life after that. But, um, you know, what, 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 what what was happening with you? mm. Tell that story.
1: Well, uh, um, I think I I was not like so many of your guests. I was not an amazing, um, athlete in my youth. You know, I did rec sports and I love it. And I was, um, all capital letters, tomboy. I think I, well, I know I still am. And, um, so, um, I ran a little bit. I, um, I, was on the high school track. I went to this huge high school. And so I was on the high school track team with a friend of mine and, um, we didn't even get a uniform because there were so many people. And we were so bad.
0: Where, where, where was this Lisa? Oh, I
1: went to high school in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Okay. So big high school. And so I didn't even have a uniform. And, um, if the meets were big enough and there were enough heats, um, one of the good track girls would take off her sweaty singlet and I could wear it in a little thing. (laughs) So um, fast forward a little bit, when I started training for triathlon and, and joined Sean Snow and S2 and got a uniform, I like burst into tears. I was like, this is my first uniform I've ever had in my life, and um. So anyway, back to so that was my uh, fledgling, <laughs> fledgling athletic days, and I kind of ran in high school and college, and uh, married Jeff Ransom after college, and that was fabulous. He was a great athlete, so I ran a little bit and had kids and started running and um, decided in, um, I think it was 2004, was doing a lot of running, started thinking, you know, if I keep running like this, for I'm just gonna, like, blow my knees out, I got to do something, got to do something more for my body. And short little story on the side, I was teaching a class at Bow High School, where kids were doing their senior projects, some, you know, pretty, people are pretty familiar with that. And it had to be something outside your comfort zone. So I was working with a group of kids and one and they would journal. And one young man um, had had a a near death accident in the water when he was younger. And his challenge was to be a, to do a sprint triathlon and get, his, get in the water because he was a great runner. And um, he would journal about how he would put his face in the water and then he couldn't breathe. And I would read these journals. And I had been toying with the idea, but I didn't know how to swim. And I thought to myself, my God, if he can do this, you can do this. Why are you so... Literally um, got myself in the water, taught myself how to swim at the Concord YMCA, um, took some lessons and had some really great people help me and um, and started like did a sprint triathlon with Jeff and I would do these sprint triathlons for, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006. And then I really started to like it Hmm. and thought maybe I'll go a little longer, maybe. So fast forward a little bit. Did a half Ironman? Like, what was I thinking? You know, I just kind of trained myself, and um, and uh, that's when, um, at the Concord Y, connected with people like Dolly and Reggie, who are kind of similarly doing the th- same thing, and we all sort of were getting cheered on by Sean Snow, who was this, like you say, iconic Ironman at the Y, but again, positive energy, and so we all started to work with him, and um, in 2000. Nine. So see, this is right when I'm starting to know Chris Dunn and acidotic and snowshoe racing, uh, decided to do an Ironman. Um, I think what led up to, while all that was happening, um, the things that was motivating me to do more, and maybe you're thinking that this is what, um, is, what is that um, I am the youngest of four. And my two sisters are about 10 and 12 years older than I was. And so in my early 40s, when all this was happening, um, they both, within two years of each other or so, were diagnosed with um, cancer. And um, within a year and a half of their diagnosis, when they were both 53 years old, um, one Uh, Passed away, and then when the next one turned fifty three, she then passed away of cancer. So this whole time, I've got these little kids. I'm working full time. I'm starting to run. I'm starting to bike. I'm starting to swim, and I'm starting to run, and I'm starting to bike, and I'm start. You know, I'm starting to feel a little. um, It was, uh, um, as you can imagine, in the in the moment for our family, very powerful, and so um, my second sister's funeral was when it hit me because people were looking at me like, Oh, um, wow. Uh, And I was immediately like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is not my fate. This will not be me. I'm 43 years old and I, um, I'm running and I, and I eat better than they did. And I never smoke cigarettes and all these kinds of things. So I attributed much to, and to this day, I still do attribute much of their, Um, lifestyle to their cancers. Can I hang my hat on that? I'm not sure. But I think um, I, I shared with you there, I was learning, not even consciously, that there are some things you can control in life and some things you can't. And so I think I found myself feeling a little out of control, again, not consciously about what was going on genetically. So I thought, well, if I just swim more and bike more and run more and eat better and be healthy, this will not be my fate. So I started doing that more and more. And it's interesting this whole time that I'm meeting you and doing acidotic stuff and doing snowshoe racing and doing triathlon no one really knew that was going on, that that had sort of happened in my life. You know, my close friends did, but I'm not sure that they knew that that was the primary driving force. I'm not even sure I knew that was the primary driving force in in my athletic life. Um, so as I was going on and on in 2007, Half Ironman's 2008 started getting um, more intense and getting better and getting sort of rewarded for it, like by, oh, you came in top five in your age group. Oh, you got on the podium. And I was like, this is pretty cool. I'm going to keep doing this. And then in 2009, stepped it up to an Ironman. I really put my head down and trained. And and I think in my head, I thought that that would be the, um, that would be my ticket to prove to the world that this was not my fate. Again, consciously, you know, I'm looking back, what, almost 15 years ago and able to see this. But, um, I know I had shared a story with you. What made me realize was when I, um, crossed the finish line of my first Ironman, no idea. Um, that my, my family, my brother and my, um, my niece was there, one of my sister's kids. And um, remember those Livestrong bracelets that everybody used to wear in that time, sure did. Lance, uh, that Armstrong. Lance Armstrong, Livestrong. I wore it way after other people weren't wearing them because it all, that all was happening during the times that um, my sisters were diagnosed with cancer was the Livestrong movement. So I had the, the, held passionately to that i must have wore that for 4 years and i crossed that ironman finish line and i walked over to my niece who was grown you know she was in her 20s and i took the band off my hand and i handed it to her and i said like i'm getting choked up now i said here this is yours i'm done i'm done grieving i can move on and and i have no idea where that came from i didn't i never even thought about it at all it just happened and i thought so it became clear to me at some level even then that um that was what was driving me Hmm. was that terror and being horrified that in fact um i don't know right
0: yeah so yeah so that's interesting on on any number of levels let me let me let me circle back to something yes and ask
1: bring me. me back bring me back yeah, no, but, <laughs> no
0: but let me let me circle back to something and ask you to, to sort of dig in a little deeper on it um i often i often find that um folks that um really throw themselves into their training and racing i mean really throw themselves into it almost to the exclusion of other things like Personal relationships, or or their mm-hmm. or their professions or career, um, and, and I'm not suggesting that necessarily was happening here, but um, but but I've, I've seen that happen before. The question always is, um, you know, metaphorically speaking, are you running towards something or are you running away from something? Right. So, right. like in other words, were were you running? And I I use the the, the word running sort of mm-hmm. metaphorically. Were you were you running toward uh, a, 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 a better version of yourself, or were you running away from the pain of of, mm-hmm. of, of losing your sisters in that very short mm-hmm. period of time? Have you ever Have you ever thought about that? And and, oh, and uh,
1: absolutely, what,
0: yeah, absolutely. For, for you, what what was it? Were you Were you running um, toward something or running away
1: from something? I think in the moment. I think during the time that it was happening um, here is where wisdom comes in, right? Like, um, and that's why I think if the listener can hear this and they're experiencing this now, maybe they can think more overtly about it than perhaps I did. No, then definitely I did because, um, I've lost a lot of things. I was definitely thought consciously that I was running toward athletic success and more athletic success and health. I thought, Oh, this is good for me. Oh, I'm going on the podium. Oh, guess what? I'm going to Kona. Oh, guess what? You know, I qualified for the Boston marathon in an Ironman. That's amazing. And people were like, Whoa. And, um, but that's what I thought I was running towards. And I certainly was, but I think I was definitely running away from the pain and, and really the terror of mortality, seeing it clearly in my life. My mom also died young of cancer. And um, also um, I had this um, fabulous marriage of 20 plus years that was sort of um, unraveling a little bit. And in, I was running away from dealing with that. You know, I definitely, you know, what better to spend eight hours on a bike ride than kind of figure out what's going on in your marriage. And I know if Jeff were sitting right here with me, we'd both be nodding our heads like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um, so while it looked like I, you know, was living the life and, and, excelling amazingly well athletically, and I was. Um, Right here next to me was this sort of unraveling sadness and sorrow and pain that, um, you know, I was definitely running away from. And um, it was not balance. It was not um, any of those things yeah. And so um literally I was in Kona for the Ironman World Championships and I got an email with my um divorce uh was final when I was in Kona. And I remember even like this is to me, I think now I remember thinking, whoa, that's huge. Okay, I'm not even gonna deal with this click, like thinking, whoa. Now I think back at that, like, what was going on? I I what was I what was happening, you know? Yeah. So
0: likely likely not a coincidence i mean those Mm. those right i mean bingo those two things happening at the same Mm -hmm. time were, were were clearly were clearly related
1: Mm-hmm. And again, that the sort of theme of the universe trying to tell me something, right? Mm-hmm. And me just being, "Click, I'll close out of that email." You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's a good point too, because you, you you've 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 mentioned that um, you, you you mentioned that in some uh, in some pre- preliminary stuff that you you sent me about uh kind of the the over the overriding theme you know of, of your <laughs> athletic uh well sort of your personal and athletic life over the last couple of decades and you you sort of you sort of you said it this way you said um the, the the overriding theme was how the universe has been trying to get you to realize like really trying to get you to realize that that each day you're beyond grateful for being able to move your body and train and compete and explore the world around you um so the, the universe was trying to get was trying to get you to understand that. Um, what? Wh- why do you think it was so difficult for you in the, in, in that moment to uh, to fully grasp um, uh, that that concept of uh, of uh, of gratitude? And mm. perhaps you weren't ungrateful, but um, you know. But again, in in your own self reflection about the last couple of decades um, mm-hmm. in, in endurance sports. I mean that is, that is that is something that you stated. So,
1: what
0: mm. why, why, why why do you think you were why do you think you were somewhat out of touch with that at, at that time?
1: Um, why was I out of touch? Because it's hard work, you know, to do the hard work emotionally, and is way more difficult than to do the hard work physically, right? So, it was easier to physically dig deep. And and also to be continually rewarded for that, whereas um, doing the hard work that needed to be done was not quite as uh, probably immediately gratifying. I, you know. Oh, no, I, I I think that's yeah.
0: I think that's exactly true. I mean, <laughs> true truth is um we get we get far more thumbs up on our social media posts about our athletic accomplishments um than we mm-hmm. might on our marital successes and i use I, mm-hmm. success would no. be in, in quotation marks right um and uh so it's you know it, it, it's much easier to, to seek uh gratification in one area of our life when another mm-hmm. area of our life mm-hmm. is really beginning to unwind a little bit and we can mm-hmm. feel it
1: unwinding.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, you know, it it would seem to me natural to lean into something that you're good at in order to, in order to get the positive feedback and affirmation that you're, that we all, we're all searching for and striving for. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in, in, um, when relationships are, are healthy and, and, uh, and strong and, 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 uh, uh, and, you know, create sort of positive vibe and positive energy, we don't necessarily, We don't necessarily have to seek out that that Mm -hmm. positivity in other places because we we kind of we have it internally generated at home every time we we go home to our spouse or partner, right? um, And we have a a, you know constructive positive relationship, right? And and I feel that
1: right, right. And I feel too that Jeff and I had these three fabulous children that we um, did a phenomenal job uh, raising together, and that was kind of our primary, probably our primary. Reason to be on this earth together was to have these three fabulous children. And so we also spent a great deal of time um, and energy on raising our children and sort of lost sight of the fact of our marriage. So while I say, while you say marriage success isn't that celebrated, I tell you, uh, my husband Paul and I just are are in amazement at the amazing, like relationships like yours and Karen, that if just long-term and that hard work and love does not go unnoticed, my friend, I, that is what needs to be celebrated in this world.
0: Well, (laughs) appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Karen and I have, uh, we, we have, we have a number of, of of positive role models, mm. uh, not the least of which are, are my parents, uh, mm. who have been, who have been married for a very long time. Amazing. Um, so, um, so, so you, you finish, so you finish yeah. your first Ironman distance triathlon and, um, and for you, it feels like the end of this long sort of dark winter of, of grieving the yeah. loss of, of your sister's Yes. And you hand over your Livestrong bracelet, and you sort of said that you—I mean, you mentioned it, that, or stated that you—you—you you, you didn't look back, um, right. right? In other words, right. you—you were—you were able to in that in that moment of clarity, almost certainly. You know, mm. and it's really interesting that. Um, that that moment of clarity came at the end of an Ironman distance triathlon in which, uh, what was your finish time? 12, 13, 14 hours? Yeah, 12
1: like. 12, and a, 12 and a half, that 12 first one. Think, yeah. So
0: 12 and a half hours of swimming, biking, and running yeah. um, led to that moment of clarity, right? yeah How often is it
1: huh.
0: that, um, that um, complete physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual exhaustion mm-hmm. ends up helping us to, wow. to, 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 sort of, you know what I mean? To, to yeah. have these, yeah. these, 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 uh, existential moments of clarity. Yep. Um, and That's maybe you'd kind of so knew true. it all along, but, mm-hmm. but it seemed to me that it was, it seemed to me as you, the way you described it was, it was somewhat spontaneous.
1: Absolutely. You're you right. Weren't, you weren't right. planning on it. You didn't set no. out
0: for the race to you didn't look at that bracelet and say, mm-hmm. you know what, when this is over, I'm going to hand this bracelet yeah. over because I'm going to be done grieving. It just, yeah. it happened spontaneously. And I wonder, yep. um, I, I wonder, I wonder if, if, if that wasn't, if that mental physical spiritual exhaustion wasn't part of that, mm-hmm. that ability to, to, to find clarity in that, in that moment. Mm. Um, well, w- what's always interesting to me is, um, you know, when, 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 when folks, uh, you know, set out to uh, achieve a goal to finish an Ironman distance triathlon, for instance, and that's a fairly monumental, that's a fairly monumental task. I know in the circles that we run in, you know, finishing an Ironman distance triathlon isn't that big of a deal in the circle of friends that we know, but the truth is that Mm -hmm. That there's a relatively small percentage of the people on this planet that will ever finish an Ironman distance Mm -hmm. triathlon. So it's it's fairly select companies. So therefore, it's a it's a fairly significant accomplishment. Um, But what I'm always interested in is, um, you know, your evolution as a triathlete from from this concept of, um, you know, my student is going to do this sprint triathlon to Mm -hmm. that sounds like that might be something interesting to me to sort of to, to promote longevity as an endurance athlete, right? I I don't want to just be a runner. I feel like if I swam and biked in addition to running, Mm -hmm. it would help me enjoy athletics much longer to your, you know, from sprint triathlons to Olympic distance, to half iron, to, to finishing an Ironman distance triathlon. What I'm curious about is, um, when you finished that Ironman distance triathlon, did you, did you feel that, that you had reached the pinnacle of, of athletic accomplishment as a triathlete, as a triathlete? And then, and then you, that was it. You were, you were going to retire from it. Um, I mean, in other words, did it, yeah did, did it, did it hold all the promise of, of joy and happiness and satisfaction and contentment as an athlete that you thought that it would?
1: Well, I think in a grateful, wise and conscious athlete, that would be the case. but I think for me, it was like, when's the next one? When's the next one? when's And I kind of, yeah, when is the next one and when and, and let's go and and um, yeah, and that was my um my life, I guess, I mean, oh, it sounds so, it sounds so shallow, but that was my uh primary. I was like, all right, here we go. This is what I do. This is, you know, it's became clear after that, that this is kind of like what I do and who I am. This is defining me right in my mid forties. So did another one and another one. And then like, like for a triathlete pretty early on, um, found, Good success, and I don't even know why, but uh, well, we know why, because I was running away from all these intense things. So my heart and soul was it in it. And so man, I was pushing hard and I was working crazy and doing amazingly well. the The clock on the the stop clock was just reinforcing that this was a good thing to do. We'll just keep doing this. So I did, God, I did nine Ironmen and went to Kona and, you know, between 2009 and 2000, uh, let's see, 12 or 13. I did, you know, like at least one a year, which is just crazy for your body. And, um, which leads to the next chapter of my conversation, right? Like, yeah, so, let's, yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> so let's, let's, let's go there because, yeah. um, because you, Um, I think you fairly eloquently sort of told the backstory, uh, that led to our meeting in the late Mm -hmm. 2009, 10, 11, 14 ish. Um, uh, you know, now you've got, you've got multiple Ironman distance, uh, you've got multiple Ironmans under your belt, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but within the context of that, your, 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 your marriage, um, Mm -hmm. dissolved. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you, you, um, you walked away from that, that chapter Mm -hmm. of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're still enjoying, well, you were enjoying incredible success as a, as an Ironman distance triathlete. You had at that point, I assumed, um, uh, developed a a fairly strong, robust network of friends Mm -hmm. Um, not only regionally, but probably, you know, throughout the country too, people that you would see uh, mm-hmm. at races. Um, and I'm sure all of that was was really was really satisfying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, when did things start to catch up with Oof. you a little bit? So right. So that the, the yeah. tide is going to start to turn a little bit for mm-hmm. you physically. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes.
1: Yes. Right. Again, here comes the universe, right? Like here comes the universe. So, yeah. So bring it back to that original story of us in snowshoe days. And I was like, boo-hoo, right? Uh, riding the wave. And then, um, well, 2013, 14, I'm still doing Ironman and still killing it. But um, I've got this hip flexor problem and I've got this hip flexor thing and I'm doing therapy and I'm doing this, which uh, fast forwards to 2000. Fifteen, I did a Ironman, and I did okay. Still went to Placid, did a great Ironman, and um, uh, within months, um, my entire uh, hip joint, uh, this ball and socket, um, the ball, uh, just basically collapsed and eroded, and um, and it's crazy because I had an Ironman scheduled for, uh, August and, um, it literally, the bone just kind of disintegrated in the socket. I was on my bike. I couldn't even get off my bike. I spent the whole summer on crutches and, and, um, my, the surgeon said, well, I can, I can, um, we can do surgery. You need surgery. I've got two dates, one in June and one at the end of August and in June and in like May, I said, well, we'll have to do August cause I have an Ironman in like I'm on crutches and I'm like, well, I could do the swim in the bike. Cause I can like, this is how crazy it was, right? Like, this is how crazy I was. So um, at that time I had um, um, Paul Martin was in my life and uh, who uh, spoil alert uh, has been my husband now for about four or five years. And um, this was back in 2015 we did an Ironman and then he was going to do this Ironman in California. I'm on crutches. And I'm like, I can do this. And then I reluctantly said, you know what? I don't think I can still went there, watched him on crutches. Anyway. Um, like a crazy woman and had a full hip replacement, um, at the end of August that summer. And, um,
0: that was 2016,
1: 16. Yeah. So crazy. Right. So, um, Yeah. So I went in, I said to the surgeon, I was like, it really hurts. Like, I think it's my hip flexor or maybe it's arthritis and I don't know what it is. And um, his nurse looked at the x-rays and the nurse came in with a three ring binder and put it on the desk waiting for the doctor to come in. And I looked at the binder and it said, your guide to your total hip replacement. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Uh,
0: Okay. Right. So, all right. So let's, let's, so pause there, right? Because that because you, at this point, right there,
1: yeah, right you, there,
0: you are on the precipice of your of of your athletic life potentially mm-hmm. changing in ways that you cannot even imagine. I mean, training yes. related injuries are 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 obviously very common in endurance yes. athletes. As endurance athletes, we deal with. We deal with soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. all the time, occasionally a mm-hmm. uh, sprained ankle here or there. These things are always some things that we can overcome, oftentimes mm-hmm. with the help of of amazing physical therapists like like Amber. Um yes. <laughs> but, but but for the most part, um, you know, these 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 physical things that we ailments that we deal with are, are never catastrophic in so much as they have they hold the potential to completely change our yes. athletic lives. So, so yes. you're, 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 sort of, you're getting ready to knock on that door. Okay. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I want to let, let's go back for a moment. Um okay. Cause I, I, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get that diagnosis here in just a moment. <laughs> um But now, so, but now in, but in hindsight, I mean, mm-hmm. reflecting, reflecting back on it now mm-hmm. at, well, at that point, Lisa, what, how old are you? You must be in your late forties at that point.
1: Uh, 2016. No, I'm, I'm, 50, early 50s yeah uh, early 50s
0: right. you yeah. so your early 50s at this yeah point. yeah and clearly um yeah. early 50s is pretty early for a mm-hmm. total hip replacement not that it's yes, not that it not that it doesn't happen we uh <gasps> of course have a I think we have a mutual friend rich lavers uh mm-hmm. from concord uh mm-hmm. who also had a, a hip replacement <sighs> so they're not it, it's it's not completely out of the ordinary although it is fairly unique mm. and rare in mm-hmm. someone as young as you were at that time mm-hmm. to have a total hip replacement mm-hmm. um what what do you suppose were, I mean, what, what, what were the contributing factors? I mean, as I'm sure there are folks listening who are endurance yeah. athletes or runners and thinking to themselves, good grief. Uh, how in the world did her hip completely deteriorate such that yeah. she needed a total hip replacement at the age of early fifties? So. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, well, when um, you're, when your are when, when your female relatives don't live past the age of 53, um, it's hard to have a family history. I don't know if their hips ever bothered them. Right. Um, my dad always had a bum hip, but he never did anything that the big ticket for me, um, was my brother who's six years older than me. I was sort of like one of those set, you know, second thought family babies, you know, the, they were a little bit older. Um, my brother had, hello, both hips replaced when he was in his, about the same age, early fifties. And, um, but he was not a person who exercised. He was not a person. He was a heavy guy. He's a heavy guy. Um, also spoiler alert, um, my brother, who's just the soul of my souls and his wife, my brother, um, about right before COVID was diagnosed with very advanced colon cancer. And, um, so here we are with, um, my last, lonely lone sibling um, deep deep in um, the realms of treating his cancer another whole story so I just send my love out to him this story is ours telling really not just me it's our our life stories so my brother has two hip replacements and I kept saying it's not my hip because again remember I'm living in this altered reality of athletic success and I'm okay and it's just my hip flexors and um it's not my hip and I would say and he would be like, I don't know, you should get it checked out. And I would say to him, um, how do you know when you need a hip replacement? And he would say to me, Lisa, you'll know when you need a hip replacement. And um, it was before I went to that orthopedic doctor when my hip, like I felt I couldn't walk. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I should get this looked at. Now I had PT and, and, um, acupuncture and all sorts of things for like four or five years to fix my hip. And, um, So the first orthopedic guy went locally, said, came back and said, you've got really bad arthritis and you ready, this is the athlete's nightmare, right? He said, and you will never run again. So instead of embracing that, I said, that's crazy. First of all, you don't just come out and say that to an athlete, right? Second of all, I'm going to, I need to talk to somebody else because clearly this is not True, and that's when I went to this amazing um, Brian Huber up in Vermont, and he—it um, uh, was his nurse who put the three-ring binder down, the guide to your total hip replacement. Okay. Um, okay,
0: so so your so that that backstory reminds mm-hmm. me of the quote, um, "Denial is not just a river in Egypt."
1: And aren't I a master of it? Right? Aren't I just the master? <laughs> Of this, okay.
0: So, all right. So, that's also really, really fascinating. You had this very, mm. you had this very profound family history mm. of total hip replacement, um, mm-hmm. uh, i.e., mm-hmm. in your in your older brother. Although <laughs> somehow you were able to justify his mm. need for total hip replacement and differentiate yourself mm-hmm. from him um, um, on 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 however many different levels mm-hmm. to get you to a point that you were. You were you had at least convinced yourself that this was that was not going to be my fate. This has got to be something fairly simple. They're going to be able to to fix this with physical therapy or maybe an injection at the very worst. But exactly. But indeed,
1: because if I give in to this, that this is ultimately going to happen. What else am I giving into? That's fair. uh,
0: I mean, that's that's the endurance athlete mentality. mm -hmm. Um, All right. So so it it turns out that it's um, it's it's osteoarthritis in your hip. Is that that fair to say or?
1: Sure. And I think it was a structural thing, too. Okay. I think it was a genetic structural thing that my hips are very, the angle is weird and just one hip though. The other one still to this day is a hundred percent. It's fabulous. So Now, do you, do you
0: think that your, your athletic <laughs> pursuits up until that point, Yeah. do you think that your athletics pursuits accelerated the yes. degeneration of your hip? In other words, Absolutely. If, if you were completely sedentary, well, if, yeah. you, if you were, if you weren't a competitive triathlete. Yes. Or if you weren't an endurance athlete, mm-hmm. do you feel like you do you feel like you might have been able to avoid having a total hip replacement at, at in, in your at early fifties?
1: Absolutely. I definitely um accelerated, exponentially accelerated um that procedure. Absolutely. For sure. Do you think um um, again, and have been it, told so. Yeah, and, and again, this, is,
0: this is all obviously. This is all Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right? The, but it's but it's but it's interesting reflection because, mm. um, uh, inevitably, um, there you know there's somebody out there listening that's, uh, mm. um, that perhaps has a has a similar fate in store. I guess what I'm mm. what I'm curious about is, um, if you were able to, if you could go back, mm. and do that part of it again, knowing that knowing that you had a you had this this genetic predisposition to an early degeneration in your hip mm-hmm. would you have trained differently would you have approached endurance sports differently or or do you think or do you think that concept of running away from that pain and grief was such a powerful factor that that come hell or high water you you are going to do what you yes. felt like you needed to do Regardless of whether yeah. or not it was going to cost you your own native hip,
1: one hundred percent, yes, yes, I think that, yes, I wouldn't, um, and I think again, Monday morning, um, this hip replacement has been the best thing that ever happened to me athletically. Yeah, you know, right. so, so that, yeah, if so it that... had, if it had really, um, yeah. So in either case, even if this hip replacement was the worst thing, I, I sort of lived that amazingness. Up until the very moment I couldn't, okay. I don't think I'd go back and, and change that. Like okay. again, stubborn endurance athlete. I just ran the hell out of it until, ran it to the ground until, you know, well, <laughs> why not?
0: Well, <laughs> <terrible>. well, <laughs> uh, it certainly could, it certainly could be argued that it was quote unquote worth it because, you know, yeah. for, for all yeah. of the things that you achieved and all of yes. the places that you got to go and all of the yes. people that you got to, that you got to meet
1: mm-hmm. during that
0: time, uh, mm-hmm. as a, as a triathlete. And I'm sure it was a, mm-hmm. it was an amazing transformative, important period in your life.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Um, you, you, you're, you're given the diagnosis yeah. and you're giving the, you're given the prognosis and what, what needs to happen. They need to replace your hip. Yeah. Um, take me, take me, take me to that moment. Um, what, what are, are, what are you thinking? Are you thinking this is the end of my, of my athletic life as I know it? Are you thinking I'm going to come back better, Mm -hmm. stronger, faster. I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to do the unthinkable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run on this replaced hip. I'm going to ride on this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, like take yeah. take me to the moment what what are you thinking in that moment mm. when you are given when you are given by by any account um a, a catastrophic diagnosis as an endurance yeah. athlete that you need a total hip replacement
1: <laughs> yes well and this is where my um physician my surgeon was amazing because he couched it in such a spectacular way he was like you want the good news or the bad news kind of thing and the good news is Um, your competitive days are not over. You can still compete. Here's the reality. Lisa, I don't ever want you to train and race an Ironman distance again. You can, but I'm telling you right now, you've got so many rotations on this hip. And if you want to walk when you're 80, then you will be, um, you will um someone's coming in with a computer charger for me thank you <laughs> thank you uh cuz i'm like my do i have enough charge um so you will um y- um you can do half ironmans i'm okay with that and you know if you're a couple times a year running 10 miles couple times a week to, you know, this was throughout the whole recovery piece, you know, but certainly the very moment he gave me that diagnosis, he said, the good news is this, which for me was okay, because I feel like after doing all those Ironman races, um, I didn't leave anything in the bank. There was no, I felt so Here becomes the first time I probably use this word over at me in my life. I become so grateful that I got to race and experience Ironman full tilt, right? Like I got the whole experience. And okay, do I need to do another Ironman race? I would love to. And I, that would had always been my plan. But now I'm thinking, okay, you're, you're still saying I could do half Ironman races. Okay, I'm okay with that. So I went into it thinking, okay, and um, yeah. So do you do you do you feel like
0: do you feel like the the total hip replacement um, was an opportunity for you to experience gratitude, not for the first time, but yeah, right. as, as it relates to as it relates to your athletic past. Yes. Um yes. Do, 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 do you feel like that it was a it, that it was a sort of a it was it was it was a uh it was a catalyst for mm-hmm. this yes sense of of gratitude? Yes. In other right. words, it, it, it took a total hip replacement for you yeah. to for you to for you well, to feel grateful athletically.
1: I felt grateful that I could do a half Ironman. So see, yeah, I'm yeah. still in this thing. Oh okay and we know how this evolves, right? But I'm still in this thing was like, okay, get this done and get back up and go. Game on. So that's what I did. Got it done. Uh had the hip replacement, was in the pool like the end of August, was in the pool in October, went through the winter, did weights, did this, did that, got on my bike, got on my trainer, got on my that that that, that and and as we know, um signed up for um an Ironman distance race. But see, it's okay. It's okay because there's not a marathon at the end of it. It's sea to summit. So you swim in the ocean then you ride your bike from maine to you know the bottom of mount washington we all know the sea to summit and then you hike up tuckerman ravine trail to the summit of mount washington
0: yeah so all right so well
1: right? <laughs> so i'm back this is my this i'm back right
0: many many folks know sea to summit but there are there are a lot of people that have never heard of that so just okay. for cl- just for clarification okay sea to summit is one of these um very unique multi-sport races here uh in New England. Um I believe that um it, is it this version that was originally created by Jeff and Kat Donatello? Yes,
1: yes, okay. yes, yes, the Donatello's so Jeff,
0: Jeff, the Donatello's, Jeff mm-hmm. and, and Kat Donatello, Cat mm-hmm. Donatello of uh, Pumpkin Man Triathlon yeah. um, formally um, before she moved on to uh, to, to other pursuits. Um, so, Sea to Summit was the brainchild of the Donatello's, this multi sport um, event that included an ocean swim.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, how, how long was the ocean swim? Um,
1: you know, it may have been about
0: half a mile, like, quarter well, of a mile,
1: maybe even longer, closer to a mile between right. it, so
0: oh, like a, a mile, but a mile it was a but what was it? Wasn't it a swim in like a like in a like inland, a inland channel yeah. or a bay?
1: Yeah, so it was salt water, but it wasn't. um it, wasn't it was in the bay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So a
0: mile swim. Yep. And this is uh, along the coast of Maine. This is mm-hmm. uh, like Kittery Berwick or Kittery, Berwick? yeah, Berwick, Kittery, Maine yep. area. And then you and then you get on your bike and you ride approximately 95 miles mm-hmm. or so mm-hmm. um, to uh, Gorham, New Hampshire area, mm-hmm. uh, Pinkham Notch, Pinkham Notch, Pinkham Notch, Pinkham Notch visitor center area. They're on Route 16 right in New Hampshire. Um, uh, so again, that's a it's about a, it's a 95 ish mile road bike, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, it's probably a net. Uh, elevation gain, I would imagine if you're starting on the coast of Maine and you're finishing at the base of Mount Washington there's quite a bit of, of uphill,
1: mm-hmm. up, uphill
0: riding as part of that mm-hmm. ride. Yeah. Uh, and then you hike one of the hiking trails to the summit of Mount Washington, the, yes. the 6,200 plus uh, foot peak here in New Hampshire, the tallest, tallest peak uh, east of the Mississippi, I believe Mount Washington, yes. uh, is you're the- making me
1: sound crazy, Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, it, I mean, what's interesting about that particular event is, um, it has a, it, well, it had a, a fairly small cult following, mm. right? It wasn't mm-hmm. one of these thousand person events. No. It was a fairly small event.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: believe it. I, I mean, I, I believe it was self-supported, self-supported, that so you absolutely. You had to have your own crew, like you had, have, yep. you had to have, you know, somebody crewing for you. In other words, providing yep. you aid along the bike route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, sea to summit. So sea, yes. the coast of Maine, summit, the summit of Mount Washington. So that was right. your, that was your comeback event. Come and in back. your mind, um, that was attainable because it wasn't a run. It was a, it was a hike. Right.
1: It was okay. a hike.
0: Yeah. It was a hike. So, um, Mm -hmm. so you, you, you you worked hard, um, Mm -hmm. after the, after the surgery in August, rehabbed Mm -hmm. all that winter. So Mm -hmm. that, that event is, we said that event is end of June. It's end of June. So this is like 10 months later
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, ish. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. 10 or so months post post procedure. Yes. You know, what's funny is I, I, I recall, (laughs) Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. I recall hearing that you had had a total hip replacement mm-hmm. and then I didn't really, I wasn't at that time, you and I had, we, we had sort of kind of gone different directions yeah. and, uh, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't running into you as much snowshoe racing. It st- mm. started to die down at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we, we didn't have the opportunity to, to, to run into each other, to see each other at snowshoe races. And so I, I knew that you had a total hip replacement. I had no idea what you were what you were planning. Yeah. I figured, like I guess most people would figure, that uh, you were going to move on to I don't know things like uh, shuffleboard yeah. or scrapbooking,
1: scrapbooking
0: right. <laughs> or checkers. Um sure. or like sure. Some yeah, some 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 uh, uh, less rigorous uh, sure. uh, recreational pursuits. And so, uh-huh. but, but then I remember quite vividly. I remember seeing a post. From you that you had done this this event and I th- mm-hmm. I just thought to myself well that is really quite remarkable and extraordinary and then I thought to myself wait didn't she have a, didn't she have a <laughs> place what in the world what uh, in the world is she doing or how yep. did she how did she do that so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so was <laughs> that was, was that great summit I mean was that your was yeah. that your carrot uh so to speak for, yeah. during rehab was was yes. that, that was the thing yeah, because rehab. I'm. I, I can only imagine uh, rehabbing from a total hip replacement. Is I mean, it's it is no fun. Uh, it's 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 work. It's hard. Yeah. It's probably yeah. painful. It's 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 uh, it's got to be all encompassing. I mean, I just, yeah. just literally rolling over in bed. It, you got to you yeah. feel your hip, and and so yeah. you got to be thinking about it all the time. Um,
1: well, that's the great thing is that you don't think about it anymore. I had had such excruciating pain for years that I remember uh, the doctor saying, guess what? One day, about two months from now, you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, oh my God, it's 1030 in the morning. And I haven't thought about my hip yet. So it sincerely was a fabulous thing. And, and it felt great from the minute I woke up from surgery. I was like, oh my God, I don't feel that pain that I've felt since 2012, you know? So, right. So it it was um, exhilarating to be I'm like oh my god I uh, it's a new it's a new it's a new me right like here I go so yeah so um, I did see
0: the summit so you did see the summit yeah um uh that was uh that was June of 2017 June of 2017 right? Do I have my yep. timing right?
1: You do. And then, um, so then,
0: yeah. So, so then, then, so then what? Cause that's, that wasn't, right? that wasn't the be all and end all of it. Oh God. I mean, no, you, you didn't plant no. your flag and say, that's no. it. I have returned. I have yeah. I have I have yeah. I have I have conquered and that, that's it. I'm now yeah. going into retirement mode. That's not right. exactly what you
1: know. In fact, I was thinking I'll just keep doing stuff like this. Uh, maybe I'll do Pat's Peak that I can just run uphill. I can't run downhill, but I can go uphill all day long. So maybe I'll do these ultra mountain climb things. This is what I'm thinking, right? So this is June sea to summit. great, right. And um two days later, three days later, I um, am in Bear Brook State Park. We know it well, evolved to the dirt. I am on a mountain bike, Chris Dunn, me on a mountain bike um, with some pretty experienced mountain bikers, Paul Martin being one of them. And we're riding along, and I've just done my Sea to Summit. I'm kind of in recovery mode. And um, I take a fairly simple fall on my mountain bike and completely trash my shoulder and have torn every ligament and muscle in that joint, um, like three days after my comeback race. So the minute I fell and had that mild crash that just somehow, right, um, I knew that something bad had just happened. And well, I was with a couple of friends and I was w- screaming and wailing, not because of the pain, but I knew. Oh, I knew.
0: Was was your first instinct to reach to that uh, re- replaced hip and make sure that that was still in one piece because uh, anyone who has crashed a mountain bike even a low speed crash knows that the body goes in some pretty weird contortions falling off a bike because you gotta you gotta get off the bike and get Mm -hmm. get away from it you it's it's Mm -hmm. it's not a simple fall um and and you know you you have a you've got a a hip now that's well, that's less than a year Mm -hmm. post-op. And I'm sure at that point, you don't have any sort of, you don't have any continued hip precautions in terms of positions that you're not supposed to get your hip in. But you you also have a fairly sophisticated piece of equipment in your hip that Mm -hmm. the last thing your surgeon wants to do is to go back in and repair
1: Mm. (laughs) a mechanical
0: hip. So (laughs) did, did you reach for that hip? Uh, was that one of the places that you reached for first or did you immediately kind of feel that shoulder?
1: Oh, it was, I just knew, no, my hip was great. Right. Like best. I didn't even feel my hip, which was the joy of it. It was my shoulder. And I knew that I was right back at square one and that, that right back at That three-ring binder, your total hip replacement, boom, on the desk. I knew that I had completely trashed my shoulder. And I was like sobbing, crying in such a way that I never have or never since because I just knew.
0: So you're laying in the dirt Mm. there in Bear Brook State Park.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed.
0: And uh, Mm. your your friends double back. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure the first thing they think of is, Oh my goodness! I hope her hip is fine. Yep. Okay. Sure. Um, only sure. to find out that, or to to, to see you sobbing. Mm. Um, what emotions were you were you feeling? Was it was it anger? Was anger. it sadness? Anger. Was nope. it anger. Frustration?
1: What? Frustration. Whoa. Anger. 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 I had worked so hard that year, so hard that year to
0: who or what were you, were you angry at, were you angry at the universe at that mm-hmm. point? The Absolutely. finger of fate? Uh, I mean, you couldn't Absolutely. have been angry. You couldn't have been, nope. ang- you weren't angry with your riding buddies. You, nope. you, you weren't angry with your nope. bike. Uh, nope. you, 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 probably weren't angry with yourself at that moment. You were just mm-hmm. angry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Angry. M-
0: mostly angry at the universe that yeah. the universe was, had, had just dealt you,
1: the, yeah. probably
0: had dealt you another significant setback after you had, like, literally, returned to the pinnacle. Like, you literally had returned to the, yeah. to the yeah. pinnacle. Yeah. You had stood at the top of Mount Washington yeah. you know, less than a year after a total hip yeah. replacement.
1: And was like, I got this. I got this. Boom. I got this. Okay.
0: So, on I go. So, do you immediately go and get that shoulder checked out? Do you go home and ice it and think, ah, I, I think I can just. No. Mm, Take some Advil, put some yeah. ice on it. It'll be fine. Yeah. What, what, what do you do? What did yeah, you- I did that
1: for a couple of weeks thinking I'm okay. I'm okay. And um, ironically, uh, my husband, Paul, had had the same surgery um, right exactly when I was having my hip surgery. We were a pair. I'm on crutches, you know, and he's in a sling. Um <laughs> And we long story, what do you do? You can't do anything active. So we went to a craft fair, not even kidding, Paul and I went to a craft fair. And the women at the craft fair were like, Oh, my goodness, were you two in a car accident?
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind a, of. A very slow 20 year yeah. car accident.
1: Yes. Exactly. So he knew right away. And I think we both knew right away that this was like, so yeah, I had surgery again in did August. Did you,
0: did you, did you go back to the same, uh, uh, orthopedic doc? Did you, did you, did you go somewhere? Did you go somewhere I, local? For I went shoulder? somewhere
1: local. Paul had his done in Exeter. And so I just, um, went to a shoulder guy who does them, you know, like 15 a day or something like that. You know, at this point I'm like, bang it out. Let's go. Let's go. I was just so, mm. so yeah. what
0: So what, what did they do to your, what did they do to your shoulder? How did they,
1: um, well, they, all the ligaments were torn, all four of them. So they had to repair that. Um, and when I was in high school, I had a shoulder separation thing. And so I had had surgery probably, which contributed to this because, um, you know, it was, that's a long, funny story too, but I had had shoulder surgery. So, um, it was ripe for the picking, I think. And, um, Yeah. So I had, uh, surgery, you know, and the thing and the thing and the PT, which was so much more excruciating than the hip PT and so much longer the shoulder, you know, lots of millions of little things, you know, you could tell me more on like my sophisticated explanation. But yeah, so yeah, so there we were now we're in, um, so I rehabbed and rehabbed, and here we are again, right? So, so
0: yeah. So you went, you went through these 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 two major surgeries, different surgeries, as, as mm. you described, but two 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 major surgeries uh, in a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like Do you feel like um, uh, mentally uh, you you handled the two surgeries in a similar way with, with this sort of resolute determination that I am going to get back or did that second, did that mm-hmm. shoulder injury again, so soon after having to work mm-hmm. so hard to get back from your hip mm-hmm. was that, was that just really deflating? And was it, was it hard to, was it hard to bear down again and, 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 uh, and be resolute that you were going to return back to, to these athletic pursuits?
1: I think this is where, and it was literally my friend Dolly who said to me, "What must have been in the middle, right at the beginning of my rehab of the shoulder, I was still so angry, and she said to me, and I was so angry at her, um, such a dear friend, and she said to me, Lisa, the universe is trying to teach you something, and you're not listening. And I looked at her, and I was so angry that she would – Say that to me. I just thought I was angry, and I said, uh, "You know, whatever you, you know, screw you, Dolly. That's so unfair for you to say that." Blah blah blah. And um, I think those are the words that um literally changed changed me in that moment. And I thought, huh. And I think it was from that. I know it sounds so corny, right? But like from that time on, I thought huh what is the universe what is this like right like and i and i changed the way i thought about through that rehab that second whole winter of rehab i changed why am i doing this you know get to your why the thing right like why am i doing this who am i who am i defining myself with um in conjunction with my children all being grown and kind of launched and doing their own thing. Um, My relationship with Paul Martin being so healthy and so wonderful and really started coming into a space of um, who am I now, now that I'm in my mid fifties, right? Like what is the universe trying to teach me? I know it just sounds so simple and trite, but I really started to think, uh, and people would say to me, I, you know, I'd be in the bagel shop, and they'd be like, "Hey, are you still like doing anything?" You know, people would say that to me, and I had identified myself. That was my persona as an endurance athlete. So for people to be like, oh, "Yeah, I never see in the pool anymore. Like, are you even doing triathlons anymore?" And I'd be like, oh, 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 "And um," started to realize, "Who am I? Am I a? Is this define me? Does this?" I it it really was a monumental change and I and I know that if I hadn't had that second massive injury and I had had a couple more since but that was the one that kind of um made me completely um uh for lack of a better word evolve into what's important in life I had this really healthy relationship and I started thinking to myself do I want to be that 10 hour, 10 and a half hour Iron Man? And because if you have that, you got to have everything else that goes with it, which is the painful marriage, the um, losing sight of your work and your friends and your family. Like that's what you got when you had a 10 and a half hour Iron Man. Not that everyone who has a 10 and a half hour man has that, but in my life, that's what it was. And started moving over to the space of, I'm in a healthy relationship. My children are healthy. I'm healthy, and guess what? I'm f- I'm 55 now. Guess what? I made it. My sisters were 53, and I'm 55. I made it. Just never thought I'd make it, and here I am, healthy in a healthy relationship with a fabulously functioning body. And this is what. Uh, this is what it is, people, right? Like this.
0: Yeah. So this, 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 this moment of, Mm. of redefining yourself or at least defining yourself going forward for Mm. a lot of, for a lot of folks um, that's a very scary proposition. I mean, for all of the reasons that Mm. you described um, most specifically that, uh, that as endurance athletes, our athletic pursuits and accomplishments are our identity. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. how people frame us. It's how mm-hmm. people think about us, and mm-hmm. so and so. It's also and it's also how we think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be terrifying to get mm-hmm. to the, that spot in which in which, for one reason or another, and perhaps the gift of that second injury, that shoulder injury, um, we're forced to to reckon with that redefinition with recon, yes. re- reconfiguring, uh, um, de- deciding that, that, that in fact, we are in control of, 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 of how we define our life that mm-hmm. we're not, I'm, I'm not living a life as a triathlete because that's what everybody expects from me, but I'm, I'm going to do what's right for me in, in this moment. That's yes. a very scary proposition, and in, in fact, a lot of a lot of endurance athletes get stuck at that point. Mm. They can't, they just can't figure out how to move toward a, a new version of themselves. Wow! So, I mean, do you do you feel like that? You do feel like that? Second shoulder surgery was yeah. What was was that reckoning for you? That it that it yes. It, it helped you to redefine who you were yes. going to be going yes. forward as a, as an endurance athlete. Well, actually yes. as a, as a friend and as a, right. as a partner and yes. I mean, for all, all of those things.
1: Yes. As a human. Yes. And I believe that it helped me to embrace it even like, okay, this is real. Like stop screwing around. You know, I think we get to an age where you say, what are you doing? Right? Like, w- what are you doing? Are it, um. And, and, and you, in moving forward, what are you doing? Like, sure, you, you do see the summit. (sighs) Okay. Where you, I I couldn't stay on that trajectory for long. Right. Like that, that would have crashed and burned. So maybe this was a gift that I didn't have to like feel that kind of emotional pain. But, um, yeah, this second one was like, all right, who are you? What are you doing out there, man? You know, like you're 55 year old woman, um, you're, you're, let's get real. Like, what do you want? What yeah. do you, so what you had the, har, I had the hard conversations in my, in my head and in my life about family and health, you know, seriously um, that whole cancer thing, knocking on my door um, especially with the, with my brother being so sick, just like every single day I get to get up and um, move and, and uh, compete Will I ever do an Ironman? I might do one more and walk the, walk them walk kind of jogged marathon. You know, we're not going to talk about that. That's in the way future, but just to round it off to 10, nine is such a weird number. 10 is just so lovely. But anyway, that, um, that's not why we're here. So um, what, so, what, <laughs> so what, what,
0: what, what, so what, so what does the current, version yeah. uh, of you of you yeah. look like athletically what, what oh my god where, where yeah so where where yeah. are you now T- tell us tell us where you are now it's
1: it's awesome so I um am doing 70.3 which are half Ironmans you know 1.2 mile swim 56 mile bike and a half marathon and I'm and I'm doing them like not like crazy but seriously doing them and feeling really good because I'm going to be in like 10 weeks, I'm going to be 60 years old and I'm still doing competitive sports. You know, I'm still like doing okay, real well in my age group, going to nationals or going to world championships, like this, the gray haired lady at the world championship, you know, like, and so grateful, like, instead of like, seriously in my forties, my Ironman days, when I would rack my bikes next to my competitors, I'd be like, uh," you know, like, uh, like I'm coming after you, cut your head off kind of thing, you know? And now I rack my bikes and I'm that I'm like, Hey, nice to see you. You're here. This is great. What a great day, right? Like I'm that crazy woman who's just so happy to be there and so happy to have them there. I still will probably (laughs) cut your head off if we're close in time and I'm catching on you. Like uh, I'm coming after you, but right. Like, um, and, and, um, doing uh like my husband is that does a million sports he surfs and he backcountry skis and he mountain bikes and he does all these things try the mountain biking it broke me so i don't <laughs> do that but i'm gravel biking he would be so proud of me I am and proud. um i did a lot of backcountry skiing and long story short um deep in the backcountry in british columbia a few years later i blew out my acl um let's just talk about that it was fine long story short I'm okay. Never had surgery, rehabbed it. I just um don't do a lot of backcountry skiing anymore. I can swim, I can bike, I can run, I can hike. Like I can gravel bike. I am doing amazing things and um yeah, so here we are, right?
0: Do you do you ever think do you ever think now when you when you rack your bike uh, mm. at the bike check-in prior to a race um uh, you know, in, in, in your, in, in, in this current version of you yeah. um, maybe Lisa 3.0, I don't know yeah. how many different versions there've been yeah. of you, but let's say Lisa 3.0.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, you know, your story
1: mm-hmm.
0: very, very few, if any of your competitors know your, know your story, mm-hmm. but, but do you ever think, you know, as with all the trials and tribulations that I've had that yeah. have led me to this moment, I surely can't be alone. And do you, do you ever do you ever wonder mm-hmm. as you look around at your gray-haired mm-hmm. competitors? And, and I say that I say that yeah. because I have gray hair too. <sighs> do you ever look around at your gray-haired competitors and 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 wonder to yourself? I mean, everyone has mm-hmm. a story.
1: Everyone has a story, and I kind of feel bad for them if they don't if you get to this part in your life, right. And you don't have a story like you've kind of like missed out on a lot. You know, I, I feel like I would not be at this level of incredible gratitude and humbleness. And, um, and if I hadn't had those life experiences and I think not many of us escape getting to 60 without something happening that gets you there. And so, yeah, I do see, um, and, and sometimes you can tell those who haven't had that, uh, don't have that gracious, you know, gratefulness and appreciation and grace maybe. Um, and they're still like, huh, huh, huh. I just want to be like, you know, like, how you doing? How's your marriage? How's your family? Like, you okay? Like you good? And, um, again, projecting my own stuff onto them, but, um, yeah. No, you,
0: no, you've, I mean, you've been there, you've, you, you, you've lived it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that if in some small way you could help, you could help someone redirect mm-hmm. in a, in a moment of their life in which they need redirection the most mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you would want, you would want to impart that. Well, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this question in, 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 in all of your time in, in competitive sports, um, And, you know, of, of all the people that you've met and come into contact with, um, and this would be, maybe it's a hard question to to answer, but I'll ask anyway, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the best bit of advice you were ever given Mm. about, about training and, and,
1: and racing? Um, I will come back to Chris Dunn, not even kidding in 2000, probably 11 or 12, Um, evolve to the dirt. Um, That has been a mantra of mine, believe it or not, because it doesn't really look like it on paper. But um, I find my most peace in the woods, in hiking and trail running and um, now gravel biking. I definitely feel your words, um, and I echo them in my head so often you have no idea. So I sincerely say if it was, you know, somebody else interviewing me or talking to me, I would say the same thing evolved to the dirt. Um, the other one is again, my friend Dolly, um, what is the universe trying to teach you? And if you could just be, I just am a more open to that. Um, you know, I think of the millions of things that other people have said to me too that have been powerful, and um. But those are those are the two.
0: Mm. Well, I think, um, I mean that's 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 advice that I that I routinely share and uh, almost always to my my road r- racing uh, <laughs> friends, whether they're running on the road or riding on the road. Um, I mean, it seems to me that it's a natural evolution to move from the pavement to the dirt. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does, but, um, but, mm-hmm. but that was my own personal journey. And uh, mm-hmm. I know in part, that's your journey as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, um, I think, I think all of us my, I think as human beings, we have a, we have a, a deep spiritual need to connect to nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, our, at least here uh, in our, in our, our lives here in, in the United States, um, most folks spend just an inordinate amount of time indoors. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I mean, I I would, I would imagine that, uh, that there's a significant portion of the population that lives in, in urban areas with very little nature around Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And that's a, and that's a shame because I, I, Mm -hmm. again, I do feel like as human beings, we have a, we have a deep need and longing for a connection, a connection to nature. Um, and that can be something as simple as just being in in nature, uh, going for a walk on a trail, or hiking a mountain, or uh, mm-hmm. riding a mountain bike through Bear Brook mm-hmm. State Park, but keeping <laughs> keeping, <laughs> the, rubber, keeping rubber, the rubber down,
1: rubber side down, rubber down <laughs> as,
0: as, as we say. So, so really, it's mm. I mean, that's that 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 bit of advice is is really it, it it's it's it, it's not necessarily uh, athletics specific, it's more sort mm. of humanity mm. based that, mm. um, that,
1: uh, yeah. And, 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 another piece of it too, is, um, like given my family history, you never know how long, you, how long, right. Life is short. And, um, it, this piece of advice wasn't given to me, but it was given to my brother that I, that I hang on every day. So my brother with um, really, advanced cancer recently, they stopped all his chemo treatments and he's in a clinical trial and they're doing all sorts of things. And he's an amazingly strong, um, human. And, um, and he looked at his doctor and said, what am I supposed to do? Um, you know, when they said, we've run out of things to help you, Tom, we can just make this, you know, Keep you going as long, and he's going. Believe me, he's doing great. Um, but he said to his doctor, "Oh my God, what do I do?" And his doctor said, "Tom, you live your life." And uh, I think of that every day. He, and it. And again, if I was listening to this, and I was in my early forties, never mind my twenties. But if I'm in my early forties or my fifties, I'm. I'm not sure it would resonate. But I feel like. Uh, through athletics, through life, through human interaction, this wisdom thing is so powerful, and I feel like, yeah, um, you got to live your life.
0: You know, I, you also had had mentioned, or I, I had mentioned the, uh, you know, in, in my in my opening that um, that one of the two reasons that I, I wanted to have a conversation with you was that. Uh, that, that you have this perspective on uh, using athletics as a as this driving force for uh, for growth and and change. Um, and and the, and the truth is that I think that athletics holds that promise for everyone, which mm-hmm. I which I think is, is just it's the wonderful thing about athletics, uh about these endurance sports that we have an opportunity that that we're blessed to be able to 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 participate in um but but growth only occurs when we are open to the lessons that 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 are offered to us through these experiences Mm -hmm. um so often as endurance athletes we go through these these event related experiences um you know simply seeking achievement seeking a pr or a mm-hmm. or a or a, a uh, or a, a place uh, mm-hmm. at kona or a mm-hmm. medal around our neck and we um we fail to appreciate the the lessons that these experiences teach and so i don't think that um that it's a default that just because you're an endurance athlete it 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 means you're afforded the opportunity for growth i think I think growth only comes through curiosity, mm. through mm. Uh, through looking for the lessons
1: in, yeah. in
0: these experiences. Um, and and to your point, um, oftentimes that, that search for deeper meaning in the things that we do uh, comes as a consequence of experience and age. We begin to think differently mm-hmm. about experiences mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. and and rather than searching for, uh, or rather than being driven by, um, a motivation to achieve we're we're driven by a motivation for a, for a deeper understanding of self mm-hmm. and through that deeper understanding of self, uh, comes growth. But, but again, it, but, but growth, growth is the genesis of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, what, what does, what does this experience potentially hold for me? What, yeah. w- what, what does going through a total hip replacement potentially offer me? What does having mm-hmm. to have my shoulder reconstructed potentially offer me? That is, that is some benefit to me. I mean, I right. can see a lot right. of the negative obviously and having to right. have my hip replaced or having sure. to have my shoulder repaired, sure. but can I see the potential opportunity for positivity? Mm-hmm. What potentially what, what good could come out of this? And, 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 and the truth is, as you described it, both of those experiences were transformative in, mm-hmm. in a largely positive way for mm-hmm. you as incredibly devastating as those two things were. I mean, in, 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 in truth, they were, they, they were positive. So, mm. so I, you know, I, again, I, 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 think, I think your reflection, um, of, of athletics as being this, this powerful force of growth and change, I think you would agree that that's only afforded to you because of your curiosity, be, because mm-hmm. of your pursuit of hmm. a deeper yeah. meaning in these experiences. Otherwise yeah. they're just achievements, right? They're, they're medals that we hang on a, on a, on our, on our, on our down in our basement in Iraq exactly. or, or there or yeah. their PRs that we've, we've long since uh, celebrated and forgotten. Um, right. That, that, right. That truly, 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 truly the, I mean, the, the the much deeper meaning of life is 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 in growth and and, and embracing change. Right. Do you see it that way too?
1: Yes. And embracing the people around you and the people you you know, and it's about relationships basically too, you know, and and um yeah, growing as a person and in, in what can you offer the world, you know, as opposed to just racking up things like yeah.
0: Um mm yeah, I, 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 I see your, I see your experiences really as, as being, um, uh, I mean, just the story is just, I think is incredibly valuable and I, I appreciate you, um, you, you telling it. Um, I want to finish with this. Um, it's a segment of the show. I like to call three random questions.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So i I've,
0: I've, I've selected three random questions for oh, you. Okay? okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you you three random questions. But what, but the first question I have for you is not one of the three questions. And that is, um, uh, have you been given these questions in advance?
1: No, sir. No idea. These
0: these truly are three random questions. Okay. 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 All right. So, um, so here we go. Um, I'm going to, right. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to think on your feet. You're going to be nimble here. Okay. All right. Here we Uh, go. And, uh, I'm not going to accept I don't know as a as an answer, okay? So okay. even if it's not your greatest answer, I, I need to have an answer for these three questions. All right, you ready for three random questions? Ready. All right, so three random questions with Lisa Ransom Martin. Here we go, first question. <laughs> Lisa, your life has been made into a movie. Yeah. So when I search for it on demand, yeah. what category will I find it in? <sighs> will I find it in action,
1: mm-hmm.
0: comedy, or drama? Oh. <sighs>
1: I'm going to go with um, action, comedy, drama. Let's go drama. <laughs> <laughs> drama, because it's all about the learning and the growing and the emotions. And right. Like, I don't well, know who wants yeah, to watch I mean, a 60 year old woman. I'm not sure that action is like, have you seen me run? Right, you know, It's like <laughs> a 10 minute mile. I don't know. Are you watching that? I don't know.
0: But, it, but, it, but, but it's, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's it really is true in, I mean, in totality. <laughs> Yeah. You know, your life could be made into a movie and it and it would it would actually be a really interesting watch. Just the huh. I mean just the the ebbs and flows <laughs> the um i mean yeah. i mean all all of it really i mean it's yeah. i mean it, it it is what it is what makes you who you are today but um
1: all of okay. us right
0: drama i don't i drama I yeah i I certainly you wasn't
1: wouldn't. you didn't call that one you no I, I
0: i certainly i would not argue with that no i had no i had no preconceived okay. no okay. i actually would put it like in like in a sports uh like in a sports right. documentary type exactly. but i didn't give you that option but yeah. of those options yeah. drama okay
1: right, right. That
0: um all right uh uh, uh, random question number two um so lisa you've traveled all around the world uh, sure as as well as the united states yeah um so what's your favorite country or state to visit and why of all the places that you've visited favorite place that you've visited either either broadside or stateside
1: I'm going to have to go off the, and you know, there's always primary and recency, right? Like where you went first and where you went most recent, right? And I'm going to not think this is because it's recent, but um had a sort of a life-changing, amazing trip this summer to the Isle of Wight, a little island off of um, England, and um and went over to England for a family wedding, and then spent 10 days on the Isle of Wight. um Amazing trail running, like, you know, in England, they just have millions of miles of just footpaths. So we swam in these amazing oceans and we ran on these oh, ridiculously footpaths with cows and bulls and like craziness. It was otherworldly. So I'm going to go Isle of Wight in England. Okay.
0: Um, how was the follow-up question? How was the food? Because uh, English Ooh. English food is notoriously not great.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That is not I, I, part of the... Mm. <laughs> Okay, um, they did okay. They're working on their vegetables. Let's just say that they're working on that.
0: Okay, fair. Uh, okay, random, random question number three. Uh, last, last random question for you. Uh, um, and, and this is always a uh, this is always a, a really deep, interesting, introspective question. I find when I when I ask, it's one of my favorite questions to ask. Um, so I have a time machine.
1: Yeah.
0: In my garage.
1: Yeah. And I'm
0: willing to give you one free ride on my time machine.
1: Okay.
0: After that you're gonna have to pay for it. But I'll give you the first okay. ride okay. for free. Okay. okay. But yeah. here's the here's the stipulation. You can spend three seconds in the future mm-hmm. or three hours in the oh, past. Boy. Oh boy. So when, where, and why? And by the way, when I say three seconds in the past, it could be within your lifetime or beyond okay. your lifetime. You can okay. go f- as far back in the past as you want, but okay, three seconds in the future. Whoa! Or relive three hours in the past. When, where, and why?
1: So I would go back and relive those hours, or I could go back and do something else in those hours. Like you, you, your your okay. definition, however um, you define it. This is crazy. I. Oh. I'm going to go for the past. I would love to go three seconds in the future to see my grandchildren as adults, because hopefully I will be there. So I'm going to count on me being there again, remember family history. So I'm that's always on my tongue, right? Um, I'm going to go three hours in the past and spend three hours with my grandfather, who's my son's namesake and my brother's namesake. um, The most important person in my life who I think I kind of took him for granted when he was there. And, um, I would love to go back and spend three hours with him hands down.
0: So, but he was, he was a part of your life when, 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 when he was still, when he was still alive,
1: he died when I was in college shortly after college. Yeah. Huge.
0: Um, yeah, I, I always find that, that question Mm. is an interesting, is an interesting question. And, and so, oftentimes, while it's uh, while it's tempting to take a glimpse into mm. the future, it's also potentially terrifying. Um, yes, but I thought be, of that too, right? right? Because, mm. I mean, the, the past has has been written. I mean, you know, mm. you know what you're going back to. Yes. Uh, the the future, the future obviously is is not written. Also, although right. so although there's right. there's a tremendous curiosity in wanting to know. Mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. um it, it, it mm-hmm. it's not with it's not potentially without some uh some trepidation absolutely for, for maybe seeing something that you don't want to see or right. or didn't right. or didn't expect to see
1: and oh. and and we hang so much of our life on hope right and the future is all about hope and if that were ever to be sort of like whew, what would that do right mm-hmm. to us and our mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Well, Lisa, this conversation has been, it's, it's been amazing as I expected that it would be. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for you uh, carving out some time to spend with me. So thank you very much.
1: Oh my God, Chris, I cannot even thank you enough. I feel so honored to spend this time with you in this space. I, I have a incredible honor. Thank you, my dear friend.
0: Well, thank you. Lisa's ability to see light in the darkness is what makes her an incredibly uplifting person to share some time with. When misfortune knocks on our door, and inevitably it will, we aren't wrong to ask the question, why me? So long as as it's asked from a position of curiosity and not self-pity. And most importantly, that curiosity leads to a deeper understanding of who we are and what our role in the universe is. I think that's an important takeaway from our conversation. Once again, you've been listening to the Eat Half Walk Double podcast. If you're listening on Spotify and enjoyed what you heard, please circle back to the homepage and click the follow button in the upper left-hand corner. And of course, if you really enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your friends. I'll be posting some supporting media on my Twitter account at Coach Chris J. Dunn and the show's Facebook page at Eat Half Walk Double. So make sure to check that out. And lastly, remember, the secret to living well and longer is to eat half, walk double, laugh triple, and love without measure. Until next time.